1: You're listening to the best of Kevin Inquiry on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. 25 minutes before the hour of 8 o'clock. Happy Valentine's Day to you. Beautiful sunrise this morning. Uh, and they've got like pink and red lights out over the monument here. Gorgeous. Gorgeous really Tuesday. Really nice did you, like, you shut the blinds behind me? I wanted to be able to see that. I did not do that. Okay, well, can you Six open them? Six of seven of these mornings, something like sure. that. Sure. <laughs> Let me get right on that. Sure, if you could. Uh, One of the things that perhaps could happen today, aside from Mark Dykton opening up the blinds, is the Colts opening up their doors to Shane Steichen. We shall see if today is the day that they announce their new head coaching hire. What's interesting is, Kevin, that this is... The blinds are broken. The blinds are broken? Uh, This seems to be an understood expectation of what could happen, but there is yet to be any official word from the Colts that this is definitive.
2: Yeah, and again, I anticipate something happening today from the definitive final standpoint. I even think we could have a press conference today, so we'll certainly keep you abreast of that situation. You know, I was thinking yesterday, I was trying to rack my brain a little bit because you know, Shane Steichen coached uh, in San Diego with Frank Reich for a couple of seasons. Obviously, most recently with Nick Sirianni. But if you go back to those Chargers days, he was with Gus Bradley for um, four years. They were coordinators against each other, with each other, however you want to say. I, I say against because I'm just talking from a practice standpoint. But Steichen was the offense coordinator in 2020. Justin Herbert's rookie season. Anthony Lynn was their head coach. Gus Bradley was the defensive coordinator during that 2020 season Uh, these two obviously faced off against each other last year inside of Lucas Oil Stadium and here was Shane Steichen this is back in November when the Colts were getting ready to play the Eagles again the Eagles had come off that Monday night loss to Washington and here was Shane Steichen on facing Gus Bradley This week, we're going against a really good defense. I believe uh, they're fifth in total defense. Uh, They're really good on third down. I believe they're fourth on third down. Uh, I got a ton of respect for Gus Bradley, the coordinator. I worked with him for four years uh, in L.A. Uh, Hell of a football coach. Hell of a human being. Um, Looking forward to the challenge. Uh, I know our guys are excited for it. Jake, you think back to that matchup. Colts' defense was outstanding. They held Philadelphia to 17 points. That was their lowest total of the season when Jalen Hurts was under center. Again, you read T. Leaves, the history with Bradley, the Colts want to keep Bradley, those comments, I think any time you're a competitor and the Eagles have had a great, as great of a season as they did and Gus Bradley in that defense does that to you, there's a lot of reasons why Gus Bradley, I think the expectation is he will re- remain as defensive coordinator.
1: Well, if you were to... And I don't think that this is necessary, but I'm just stating it for the the sake of the point. (laughs) If you were to look for evidence that, in fact, since the Colts have not released anything, that Shane Steichen is the guy that they're going to pick, then you could connect the dots of the fact that it came out last week that the Colts were prohibiting other teams from interviewing Gus Bradley about positions that may be open and including laterally uh, or even uh, above that because of the expectation that their coaching candidate that there were quote multiple coaching candidates that were interested in retaining Gus Bradley clearly this would indicate that Gus Bradley that there is the interest in retaining him and I understand why Kevin I mean if it ain't broke don't fix it right the Colts defense last year was not their issue that was not why they no, were struggling I give a in games. Solid B,
2: totally solid agree. B
1: grade. Mm-hmm.
2: Without again, Shaquille Leonard, of course, doesn't play for you. I, you know, Steichen's comments there. Hell of a football coach. Hell of a human being. When you're an offensive-minded head coach, and we'll obviously see if Shane Steichen decides to call the plays here. But there's got to be the element of you have total trust into that person running that side of the ball. Now, again, I, I'd like to see a little bit more balance in head coaching duties and making sure that Shane Steichen has a full understanding and grasp of what's going on with every unit. Because I thought at times Frank Wright got away from that a little bit too much. But clearly, Gus Bradley is someone he respects a whole lot. The other thing that I was thinking, and by the way, Ross Tucker is going to join us here in about five minutes. Ross, uh, very plugged in with the Eagles, does uh, color on the preseason games, and, and a great national voice. He'll chat with us here in a few but I remember back in, um, this had been several years, probably, I don't know, 2019, 2020, Shane Steichen, his initial promotion to a coordinator level happened with the Chargers. He became an interim play caller. I think it was Phillip Rivers' last season there. And Frank Reich was actually asked about Shane Steichen uh, by the Colts media. And like, okay, you know, this guy who's been under your coaching or has been... On your coaching tree, he got promoted. What do you know about Shane? And Frank basically said, really, really smart football coach, great mind, and he would categorize him as one of the kind of young, bright minds in football. The interesting point that Reich made in those comments was very much like Nick Siriani, thinks that those two are very alike. And I got the impression when Frank said those comments a few years back, he met not only as a bright football coach, but more of a personality. Right. So I think what you're getting here is a little bit more Nick Sirianni side of the scale. I'm not saying this is going to be crying during the national anthem week one, but you're going to get a little bit more of that than a little bit more of the Frank Reich personality.
1: I just want to know who's going to round out the rest of the staff. And, And I mean, we'll find that out, right? Yeah. And in addition to that,
2: any specific coach, like like
1: coordinator-wise, Reggie well, Lane-wise? Anything on the offensive side of the ball, right? I think There's so uh, many question marks, Kevin. We don't know what quarterback he's going to be working with. We don't know who the old coordinator's going to be. We don't know. A lot of people have asked me, and a lot of people I'm sure have asked you the same question, and that is, like I did a, and I'm sure you do a lot of these as well, Kevin, you know, when we do, like for example, we're, we're going to have... Ross Tucker on We also do the same thing in other markets, right? People want to know what's going on in Indianapolis sports, so they have us on on different radio stations. I did one yesterday in I think it was Kansas City, and they asked me is Jeff Saturday going to stay within the organization in some capacity? And you know, it's a great question. I think a lot of people are are curious of that question. My suspicion would be for Jeff Saturday from a coaching standpoint, it was head coach or bust. Um does he move into an advisory or back into like a consulting role? Or does he move into a front office position? I don't know. I I, I don't totally rule that out, although my suspicion is that it's back to ESPN.
2: Yeah, I would agree. Um, but yeah, that is a question I'm curious about. You know, as far as staff, you know, mentioned Gus Bradley and retaining him. The Colts' current linebackers coach, Richard Smith, and their DB coach, Ron Miles, both of them – are the same as Gus, in that they worked with Shane Steichen on the same staff with the Chargers. So theoretically, you could retain those two, have some continuity along with Gus Bradley. We'll see about Bubba Ventrone as a special teams coordinator. Offensively, of course, is where you have, you know, the the bigger questions. Um, there are some past history with Pep Hamilton, um, who was the Colts OC with Andrew Luck for a few years. Shane Steichen <clears throat> has history there. Kevin Patullo, who works with the Eagles was here in Indianapolis under Frank Reich. There are some connections there. And this might be far, far-fetched, far Jake, but
1: by all accounts, Shane Second is really close with Philip Rivers. If if Ventrone is not retained, do you know what they say to him? What's that? Oh, Bubba, no. <laughs> Sorry.
2: You know, Philip Rivers coaching <laughs> sh- down okay. in high school uh, in Alabama right now. Obviously a lot to move his family back up here, but those two have got a really close connection.
1: It, it is interesting to see who all you know what and the other question i have kevin is this is it of concern at all that it's two weeks before the combine and now all of a sudden you're kind of rushing together to put everything in place before you you know you're not even totally aware of who all the people are that are going to be coming to the combine and working together and you know what i mean like I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm thinking aloud here, but is this a collapsed window to put together a staff before the assessments of the Combine?
2: Well, certainly more so than every other team besides Arizona is that other opening is out there. And I think the big thing in the next couple of weeks, get your staff assembled and then start evaluating your in-house free agents because we are only a month away
1: from free agency. Uh, joining us now, by the way, on the Payless Sugars Hotline, and as we know from previous visits uh kevin ross tucker not high school classmates but shared the same high school with taylor swift
2: correct yes we've made uh, yeah uh-huh we had that discussion (laughs) but that's not why we're having him on correct kevin well maybe next time she performs in the super bowl we can we we can have him on for that uh ross host of the ross tucker football podcast you can check out on social media at ross tucker nfl again as we've said all along um does some preseason tv the color analyst for the philadelphia eagles and he joins us now ross thanks for
3: the time man of course. How are you guys doing? Thanks for having me.
2: We are doing great on this Tuesday morning. We feel like there will be some finality today to Shane Steichen as the new head football coach of the Colts. As best you know, Shane Steichen's impression on the Eagles has been felt really the most where?
3: Um probably the play calling and play design, starting with when he took over midway through last year. Um he's really impressive. And, you know, they had a super talented team all year, but I think the two things that jump out to me are, well, three things, I guess. Number one, you know, it was not going well last year, midway through the year. So, they totally revamped the offense, and, you know, we were in a situation where Hurts was not throwing the ball very well, so... They went out of their way to make it a run-based offense and it helped them get to the playoffs. I mean, they were coming off a four-win season and they're able to get to the playoffs in Sirianni and Steichen's first year and the big change happened when Steichen took over as the play caller. That's number one. Man, you look at this year and the two things that really jump out to me this year you know, Hertz was not even a top-20 quarterback, guys, in 2021. He was not a top-20 guy. This year, what did he get, second in the MVP voting? And then, I think he played the best game of his life in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And if you go back, look at all of the draft guides, look at all the previews, nobody, and I mean nobody, thought Hertz could be the type of player he was this year, and in the Super Bowl in particular. And I think Steichen deserves a lot of credit for that. The other thing is, and I watch every snap the Eagles play because of my different jobs, they were well ahead of the opposition pretty much all year. Now, they have a unique team with the the talented roster and the best O-line in football, and Hertz has a unique skill set with his ability to run. But I'm just telling you guys, I mean... They barely even ever had a deficit this year. You guys actually probably got their worst offensive game of the year (laughs) against the Colts when they played in Indy this year. Um, But other games, man, it just felt like the D coordinators had no idea what to do. They were powerless to stop it. And we just saw it over and over again all year. I mean, those RPOs, when the quarterback can run, or he can hand it, or he can throw it, they just—I mean—they they put these defenses about. Even the Super Bowl, the Eagles' offense was pretty much unstoppable against the the Chiefs. They just had, you know, the fumble went the other way for a touchdown. Otherwise, they probably win.
1: Ross, when I when I look at the situation that presumably Shane Steichen's walking into. You know, the difference being, of course, in Philadelphia, you mentioned it. I mean, they have big-time playmakers. I don't know that Indianapolis has the open-space guys like that, right? But he's worked with different quarterbacks of different skill sets. If you had to look to, to kind of review it in terms of his work with Jalen Hurts, for example, is he a guy that, that asked a quarterback more to conform to what he wanted, or did he more cater what he wanted his offense to do around the skill set of, of the quarterback itself. In other words, is Indianapolis pigeonholing themselves on what kind of quarterback that they need to now get, or do they have a guy that has the flexibility to give them variation of what they could end up with at the quarterback position?
3: Yeah, so it's unequivocally the latter, right? Because I felt like they were kind of, when Sirianni was calling the plays last year, I thought it was sort of like they had their offense they wanted to run and they were trying to fit Hurts into it and it just wasn't going very well. I mean, they didn't have the receivers, they didn't have the quarterback, it just wasn't good. So they went to a very, very run-heavy offense a year ago under stakin, because that was their best way to win games, I mean that was their best way to win competitive, to be competitive. What's interesting is they go out and they get AJ Brown, and then they see the improvement from Hertz in the spring, and then in training camp, and so then they went to more of an RPO offense. But here's the thing: I mean, they still—I mean—they threw the ball most games to get the lead, and everybody said, "Oh, their run game, their run game." That was usually in the second half once they had gotten up by two scores throwing the ball. And you mentioned it, his background at his other plays with the other quarterbacks. You know, he'll see what they have now. Um, Wouldn't be surprised, obviously, if they go out and get somebody else to play quarterback. But he will absolutely be able to design the offense around whoever it is they have playing that position.
2: And he's Ross Tucker. You guys hear him everywhere. Host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. You can check out on social media at Ross Tucker. NFL. Uh, he was on with us, I'd say, right around the Eagles game earlier this season. Some great insight on Shane Steichen right now. Ross, I don't know how familiar you are with the 2023 quarterback class just yet, draft wise. Of course, when you have the fourth overall pick, that conversation uh, is pretty dominant here in Indianapolis. But if you look at Shane's history, I mean, Phillip Rivers, certainly a much different quarterback than Jalen Hurts. Justin Herbert, you know, these are very different QBs, the three that he's worked with most recently. If you look at Shane's quarterback history and you look at the quarterback draft class in 2023, do you see any matches there?
3: Honestly, I think he could do a terrific job with any of them. Um, I really do. I'm sure he'll fully evaluate, especially those top three guys, maybe top four if you include Richardson and decide which one is the best for him. What I think is interesting is Now that he's spent a whole year with a guy as mobile as Hurts, I think that he has seen how much of an edge that is to be able to have a quarterback that you can do the RPOs with and that can run it enough. So I wonder if that would make him lean a little bit more to Will Levis and Anthony Richardson as opposed to Stroud and Bryce Young. You know, just from watching them, obviously I thought Stroud was really mobile against Georgia and looked good, but that doesn't seem to be – and Bryce Young moves around great. But neither one of them is, like, the runner that I think you want to have carrying the football six to nine times a game and just being very good at knowing when to slide, when to get down. Uh, Levis and Anthony Richardson – And both absolutely do that. I mean, first of all, you guys know I live in central Pennsylvania, so I also do some Penn State stuff. So I watched every snap Levis played. You know, back in the day, there was a competition between Tommy Stevens, who ended up getting drafted, and Sean Clifford, um, who was their quarterback, like started for four years at Penn State. And I had someone at Penn State tell me, like, hey, I'm just telling you, if you came to our practice, the guy that you would say, wow, who is that, was the freshman at the time, Will Levis. I mean, he is put together. He has a howitzer for an arm. The problem for him at Penn State was, you know, Clifford It kind of – you know, Clifford's first year as a starter when Levis was a true freshman, Penn State was really good. They went to a New Year's Six Bowl game. I think they won 11 games that year. So it was just kind of an uphill battle for Levis to ever actually be able to beat him out. But there were times when Clifford got hurt that Levis came in. And I remember at Ohio State, and they ran the crap out of Levis because he's so big and strong and athletic. Obviously, Richardson is a really unique player in that regard. I don't think it's a must-have for Steichen, but I got to think there's some part of him after all the success he just had, that's going to be, um, let's put it this way, kind of like baseball, I think a tie will go to the runner for the Colts. (laughs) You know, tie will go to the runner. Mm -hmm. If he thinks it's pretty even between Levis and Stroud or whoever, um, I I think he'll go for the guy with the running threat. Because I also know this, the more I talk to coaches, you don't have to have a guy that can do that. But, man, it's nice. Yeah, it helps, I mean, right? Even, and you know what's interesting, even Ross? Getting, even, sorry, even just getting two first downs a game, you know, on, on third and long is big. Well, it, and it felt like,
1: not to get into the weeds here on Ohio State football, but, you know, C.J. Stroud, who I think is massively talented, obviously, but I think Ohio State fans, Ross, were, like, pulling their hair out at times because he can run he just didn't want to I, I shouldn't say he didn't want to do it I don't think it was instinctive towards him like he because his arm was so good he would try to wait in the pocket too long to beat you with his arm you almost like it feels like you would have to do specific designs for him which obviously is the case with with running the football at a quarterback position but it's just not his natural instinct in CJ Stroud whereas the other guys it feels like it's more natural to them does that make sense
3: yeah, so a couple thoughts on that. One, obviously, you know, I, Bryce Young is a very, um, Bryce Young kind of reminds me a little bit of, uh, Russell Wilson in his prime and that he just has this unique ability to always be able to buy time, find time to, uh, to make the play. But, um, you know, the Stroud conversation is an interesting one. I, I do a college draft podcast, it's called, The College Draft with Emery Hunt, and he made an interesting point. You know, he wonders if sometimes, uh, especially, quite frankly, um, with black quarterbacks, if they kind of go out of their way to make sure that people don't look at them as a running quarterback. And I hadn't really thought of that. In other words, I don't know how much of it was Stroud's instinct or how much of it is Stroud trying to prove I'm a pocket quarterback, I'm a pocket quarterback, I'm not uh, a dual threat quarterback, even though maybe he could do that. You know, Maybe he's trying to prove a point, um, which I don't know if that's the case or not, but I did think it was an interesting point. Again,
2: Ross Tucker is with us, host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. You can check him out on social media, at Ross Tucker NFL. Just a couple more with you, Ross, and thank you for the time this morning. Um, obviously, Philadelphia is extremely talented. We've talked about Hurts. The pass-catching group just absolutely, the Colts fans would dream to even sniff that. And honestly, the offensive line might be the best in football. So if Shane Steichen could kind of wave a magic wand and bring any of those three with him to Indy, which would it be?
3: Um, uh, probably the O line. Yeah, I mean it just it just lets them do so much. And I don't think the Colts are that far off there. Um but uh you know and and I do know that Ballard obviously prioritizes it. I'm not really sure what happened there where, you know, they paid big money to these guys like Kelly and Braden Smith and Quentin Nelson, and it felt like All three of them, their play dropped off a little bit this year. Something's wrong there, guys. Like, something's wrong. These are three guys in their 20s that are all, you know, highly compensated guys. Something is not right if it feels like all three of them take a step back in the same year. That that does not make sense to me. And so – Um, I'll be very curious to see who Steichen hires as the O-line coach. Let's put it that way. Because that'll be a a key ingredient to it for sure. I would also say, you know, the offense he ran in Philadelphia, boy, that helps the O-line. I mean, when you have the RPOs and you have the quarterback capable of pulling the ball, you're almost always able to get good angles in the run game. And in the pass game, they can't just rush the passer right away because it might be a run. I mean, puts the O line in a good spot. My
1: last question for you, Ross, is this: When it comes to Shane Steichen, you know, obviously we know offensively about his ability to lead an offense, but what we know is that when you're the head coach, you got to lead both sides of the ball. Is there body of work to know what kind of leader he can be in terms of being a head coach as opposed to a coordinator?
3: No, I don't think so. Other than you know, I I talk with him a lot, right? You know, the production meetings for the preseason games, on the field before games, he's really impressive, really impressive. Does that does that mean it'll it'll translate? Head coach, I don't know. I mean, um, you know, Sirianni was a guy that did not translate really well at the opening press conference but was still able to be fantastic when they actually went ahead and and had the game called, right? Like, he had a horrible, horrible initial press conference. I think Steichen will be very good in the press conference. He's very polished. He's very impressive. You know, I think the interesting question will be, does he continue to call plays? Sirianni decided halfway through his first year that he wasn't going to do that anymore, that he was going to give it to another guy. Because there is a lot on the head coach when it comes to game management, clock management, those sort of things. So it'll be interesting. Um, I will say there's not a body of work, but there isn't running these guys. I mean, there isn't running these guys until they become a head coach.
2: All right, Ross, we'll end with this. Um, probably a lot of humans, mostly of the male race, out there scrambling today for a last-minute Valentine's gift. Do you got any, uh, you got any help in that, uh, in that department
3: for us? Well, so here's what's funny, right? My buddy started this company. It's called MyFrontPageStory.com. And obviously, it's Valentine's Day today. They write the most unbelievable story about your wife. It looks like it's on the cover of the newspaper. Like, it looks like on the cover of the Indianapolis star. Framed pictures of you and her. Quotes from you, maybe quotes from the kids. You're obviously not going to be able to give that to her today. But you can still give her the, the, the gift. Like, go to MyFrontPageStory.com order a story for your wife today, print out the order, like print out that you, you got the order, hand that to her in an envelope today or tonight and say, Hey babe, I want to do something super special for you. So I have an author that's writing a story about just how great you are. So first of all, you check the box of giving her a gift on on Valentine's day, but then can you even imagine the anticipation for your wife? Like nobody's ever written a story about your wife. She will be dying every day. Waiting for that beautiful frame story to come in the mail. I almost think this is better than if you just give it to her today. The anticipation, the excitement, it's amazing. MyFrontPagestory.com, MyFrontPagestory.com.
2: Look at that. Where else can you find football and love all in one interview? That's right. Listen, football is love. Football is love. Amen. And some men might argue what they'd rather. Well, Well, anyways, we won't go there. Ross, terrific stuff, man. Thanks for waking up with us.
3: Yeah, see you guys. Good luck with, uh, sounds like the Shane thing's going to happen. I think you guys will love him. I'm a big fan.
2: Great to hear. Appreciate it, Ross. See ya. That's Ross Tucker, again, host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. You can check him out on social media, at Ross Tucker NFL.
4: Life is so much more than a diagnosis.
0: When St. Jude opened in 1962, childhood cancer was considered incurable. Since then, St. Jude has helped push the overall survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. St. Jude won't stop until no child dies from cancer. Join me today in supporting St. Jude by calling 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898 to become a partner in hope. Your gift to St. Jude could last a lifetime.
1: I'd like to offer a slight glimpse behind the curtain for for people that listen to this program. And I mentioned the other day, especially today being Valentine's Day, and Kevin, you mentioned, you know, we feel the love in here. It is true. I mean, look, last night at the Pacer game, people like Brandon came up. Um, I think sometimes, like any other job, you kind of get confused, or, you know, confused is the wrong word, you... You go through the motions and you, you forget to stop to kind of recognize what it is that we do. Um, and I have to remind myself that living here in Indianapolis where I grew up and, and talking about sports and doing so that allows kind of a a freedom of livelihood is, uh, you know, it means the world to me and it's because people do go through the effort to listen to it. So it is very much appreciated. And I hope that everybody has the most spectacular Valentine's Day Um celebrations today and and certainly understands the gratitude that we have that you listen to the program as i'm talking to you this morning i'm inside this studio with monument circle behind me which is fantastic and then i looked down at one point and i noticed that i'd never seen this before and i was very impressed by it and a little bit alarmed but mostly surprised by it um you're wearing cheetos socks
2: Uh uh-huh yep cheeto socks today i have cheese it socks as well i have pringles socks
1: other things i love Do do you, is there a place? Do you buy like snacksocks.com? Where, where? you know, honestly, a great place to go to for little,
2: uh, some might call them like trinket type things uh, near the checkout. Sullivan's has a ton of those items. Really? um, Yes, I oftentimes will go there and um, look at the socks section. And it has become a bit of a kind of a theme.
1: Within the family, in a little tiller and a pair of socks, sure, right? Yeah,
2: you know, let's make sure we've got a couple screws to get that board back on the wall, and then let's, uh, you know, get a pair of uh, Pringle socks. Have so, you been to the sock
1: place in Nashville? No, I'm not familiar. Like in Brown County, obviously. When I was a kid, we would always go. Do you ever, you guys ever do like it? You know, in October, like the day all the leaves are turning, everybody goes to Nashville. Yeah, beautiful time here. Uh, when I was a kid. Johnny's sports nostalgia was the absolute best. I loved it. I would go in there and look at baseball cards and sports stuff all day long, and that's no longer there. But the you got the old general store, or what's the? Or I'm sorry, like the drugstore restaurant place. You know what I'm talking about in in Nashville. I don't even know what it's called. Like right off 46. It's like right on the main street in Nashville. Like once you get into Nashville, Indiana, like into Brown County, there's the. It's, it looks like an old drugstore, but it's a cafe it's a, or a, a restaurant. But across from that, anyway, there's a sock place, and you can buy, like, every sports team known to man. But they're, like, super comfortable socks. Sounds like a trip I need to make. I have a pair of Seahawks socks. I have a pair of White Sox socks, which are actually gray. I have Wyoming. I have Kansas. I have IU. I have Purdue. I've got them all.
2: You walk into a gas station right now, Cheetos, Pringles, or Cheez-Its.
1: Oh, I got to go Pringles and the little can of Pringles. Are you kidding me? Oh, perfect, but
2: perfect size. The barbecue? Uh, Cheetos, you need a napkin or two. You know, you're going to have a little a little residue left on the end of your fingers, and that can be
1: a bit awkward. Yeah. The For me, if I'm going Pringles into a gas station, chili cheese Fritos are still the greatest uh, snack okay. ever made. You might need the key to the outdoor
2: bathroom after the chili cheese. Oh, man. Let me tell you. Fritos love them
1: uh, i will echo what you said
2: earlier and you know the few times i do get asked to you know, speak to a class or a group of people uh, a frequent statement i make is i am beyond lucky to do what i love so thank you for everyone out there providing that opportunity for myself and jake and mark and i
1: hobnob restaurant a daily by the way basis my mom texting in hobnob restaurant. Oh,
2: happy valentine's day to karen query that's right out there and to
1: all of our listeners, happy
2: ber- happy Valentine's Day happy to my birthday. mother. Happy
1: birthday <laughs> <know>. out there!
2: <laughs> well, it's a busy week. Got anniversary coming up, so uh, happy Valentine's Day, mom and dad out
1: there. By the way, is Teddy Valentine still with us? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The official.
2: I don't know if he's. Well, I feel like he was doing a Notre Dame game recently. We could use him tonight in Cameron. By the
1: way, for the Irish. You want Teddy ref in your games in the road? I think Ted is retired. Is he not? Believe he is. He's done 10 Final Fours, 28 NCAA tournaments, and was the Naismith College Official of the Year in 2005. 2005, uh, he called 14 fewer fouls than he did against Indiana versus Duke in the 92 Final Four.
2: (laughs) Isn't that funny? 20-some years later, it's 30 years later, that's still like... Oh, man. I mean, that's like a very relevant thing for IU fans to, to bring
1: up. I was there, man. So are you kidding me? It was the most devastating. I I thought about this the other day, Kevin. If you could take, this is a convoluted question. Indiana won, has won three national championships You know, in the modern era, 76, 81, 87. If you could take any one player off of any of those three teams to put them on this year's Indiana team, would you do that to try to win a national title? Or if you could take any one player off this year's team and put it on one of Bob Knight's teams that didn't go that would put them over the top?
2: I think this is a absolutely terrific topic. If I can, I'll call an audible because, Mark, you want to play some breaking news, Sounder? There we
0: go. Sure. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story, and I need all of you. So stop what you're doing and listen. So in the uh, bingo lottery,
2: what did we predict would be the tweet from the Colts? I think I was pretty close right here with the four-word tweet. We got our guy. It is official. The Indianapolis Colts have hired Shane Steichen, pen to paper there at 37 years old. Like we said, the youngest head coach in the history of the Indianapolis Colts. And we'll keep you posted on an announcement via a press conference, I assume. And I don't want to speak for our station, but I guess I am. I'd assume we would carry that press conference live, uh, believing that it
1: will occur today. So this was the guy they wanted from the get-go, right? Isn't that what they're going to tell us regardless?
2: This is our guy. We got our guy. That is the exact phrase from the Colts' tweet on that. Again, Steichen interviewed twice. Most recently was last Saturday, not just four days ago. Obviously, he was getting ready for the Super Bowl, but before that. so uh, Shane Steichen, 37 years old, the history of the NFL. It actually, I think one of the interesting parts of his resume, Jake, this shows you the type of intellect Shane Steichen has. His first job at the NFL was with Nerv, Norv Turner coaching defense. So the connection with Norv Turner and Shane Steichen, Shane Steichen was a head coach at UNLV, or excuse me, a quarterback at UNLV. North Turner's son, Scott, was also playing at UNLV during a similar time. Shane Steichen clearly left an impression on Norv Turner, a very accomplished NFL head coach, to the extent that... North Turner wanted to hire Shane Steichen not to coach quarterbacks, not to be on the offensive staff, but to be a defensive assistant. I think that's just a little glimpse of the impression as a 21, 22-year-old college player that Shane Steichen
1: made for North Turner. Uh, Shane Steichen, obviously as we had mentioned, went to UNLV. He has spent the majority of his upbringing or life on the West Coast or in the West coast areas but has moved around circuitously within the nfl he has worked with various quarterbacks uh, notably philip rivers justin herbert jalen hurts and as we have mentioned that gives him kind of a versatility of the style of quarterback with which he can work but again kevin and i have to myself keep reminding myself of this crutch in this hurdle he is not being hired as the offensive coordinator You know, he's being hired as the head coach. Obviously, he has great offensive influence. But, and that will certainly help him. One would think, as you had talked about with Gus Bradley, do we have that audio, Mark, from earlier where? I do, yeah. When the Philadelphia Eagles came to Indianapolis to take on the Colts, Shane Steichen was asked about what he saw in the Colts' defense. And that would lead one to believe that what, he sees as a defensive coordinator and Gus Bradley is a guy that he presumably would want to work with. This is Shane Steichen back when Philadelphia came here to take on the Colts, talking about the Colts defense and their leader.
2: This week, we're going against a really good defense. I believe uh, they're fifth in total defense. Uh, they're really good on third down. I believe they're fourth on third down. Uh, I got a ton of respect for Gus Bradley, the coordinator. I worked with him for four years uh, in LA. Uh, hell of a football coach, hell of a human being. Um, looking forward to the challenge. Uh, I know our guys are excited for it.
1: So, Kevin, we've got a better understanding also as to how the day kind of lays out for the Colts now, right?
2: Yeah, 12.15 p.m. That will be the opening press conference. Um, and again, Mark, I guess if you want to text the powers to be to confirm that we will carry that press conference live, I assume we would. Uh, Jim saying and Chris Ballard will be part of that press conference. So 12.15, uh, we will hear from Shane Steichen for the first time as the Colts head coach. You mentioned gus bradley earlier the connection there four years together with the chargers they were opposing coordinators uh, in that 2020 season for the chargers and then if you look at uh, the other defensive staff members with the chargers at that time currently the colts linebackers coach richard smith and ron Miles, their db coach so if shane sykin wants to maintain defensive continuity he can easily do that from a coaching standpoint with gus bradley as the d coordinator again richard smith as the linebackers coach, and then um, uh, Ron Milas as their DB coach. So uh, that is exactly um, how Shane Steichen could maintain some continuity there. Obviously, we'll see about Bubba Ventrone. But uh, you know, I know I mentioned this yesterday and a little bit last week when it looked like Shane Steichen was going to be the favorite for this job, Jake. In today's league, and let's just focus on the AFC for a second. Of all seven teams that made the playoffs, Jake, all seven of the, of them had a quarterback under the age of 27. And if you look at that group of teams, that doesn't even include a Deshaun Watson, doesn't even include Mac Jones, doesn't include Kenny Pickett, all quarterbacks that I think if they made the playoffs next year, you wouldn't be totally stunned by it. The Colts have got to go out and get the answer at the most important position in sports. And the Shane Steichen resume offers you I think a lot of comfort and stability in knowing that his history with a variety of quarterbacks, I think that's the key. I know I was a big Brian Callahan fan throughout the process. What Shane Sykin has on his resume that Brian Callahan did not have is the variety of quarterbacks. mentioned Norv Turner a few minutes ago. Norv Turner and Phillip Rivers' offense looks a whole lot different than what Justin Herbert did in 2020, or especially what Jalen Hurts has did each of the last 2 years. So, you don't pigeonhole yourself and do, "Oh, we got to get this type of quarterback or we got to have this type of offense." Shane Sykin has proven throughout his decade in the NFL that he can do things with a variety of quarterbacks, variety of offensive system, and in an ever-changing, innovative offensive game where quarterback means everything, the Colts had to go out and find a guy that again can provide the stability and comfort in developing whoever this draft pick is going
1: to be. We, will be. we
2: will be carrying the press conference live whenever it happens, by the way.
1: twelve fifteen. Oh, there you go. Because the precedent... Thank you, Mark. ...is there that he can work with quarterbacks of various styles, varying styles, I should say. Does that, Kevin, now take away the necessity or alleviate the pressure of moving up to number one in the draft to get a we have to get this quarterback if there are in this draft if there are three maybe four guys that you feel you can run with right away as quarterbacks but they play varying styles do you now have a coach where you're like look it's not as critical that we move up into the number one to be able to pick the definitive one that we want because we have a guy that can work with a b c or d
2: Totally fair question. I still think if you have a guy that you feel like is on a tier above Jake, you have to go up to one and get that guy. And I made this, this whatever uh, analogy before, but just look at how Kansas City reacted to life with Andy Reid and Alex Smith. There came a point in time where they had to go and get the guy that even Andy Reid, as great of an offensive mind, can cover up everything. Kyle Shanahan, they went up to get Trey Lance. Again, Mahomes obviously in Kansas City. If Shane Steichen and the Colts and Chris Bauer believe that there is a guy out there that stands above the rest, you still go up there and get him. Now, to your point though, the benefit is you don't walk into this process with... To steal the phrase from Chris Bauer from a month ago with an end in sight. It's not like you are saying here, oh, only mobile quarterbacks will work or only pocket passers are going to work here. You know, uh, one of the things. You've got an open mind
1: with him. He may be able to weigh in, Kevin, on the aspect of, I mean, I'm not saying he would do so publicly, but Shane Steichen may well have it within his mindset of, look, I had a quick release laser thrower in Phillip Rivers. I had a rollout, strong cannon, quote-unquote, arm talent in Justin Herbert. I had a quarterback draw, open things up with his legs in Jalen Hurts. And Shane Steichen may feel like, and I had success with all three of those guys, but the one that, for me, I found it easiest to have success, success with was blank. And then, when you look at, Richardson or Levis or Stroud or Young, he may say, the guy that plays the style of play that I found to be the one that was the most interchangeably successful is blank, and, and I would lean on that expertise. I mean that that that's pretty invaluable to have somebody that might have that kind of a of a perspective on it. But I go back to that also is dependent upon who he feels comfortable hiring or bringing in as his coordinator
2: yeah I think questions you have Jake that one is a huge one again he came from Nick Sirianni in Philly where Sirianni initially called plays. Sirianni did not call plays of course prior unlike Steichen called plays to begin his tenure in Philly thought too much was on his plate passed him off to Steichen so how does that impact his influence here on that I'll be very curious for that obviously which quarterback are you going to draft? You know, what type of leader is he? You know, I'll never forget Frank Reich talking about Shane Steichen. This was several years ago, but in you know, Frank and Shane worked together with the Chargers. And Frank mentioned he's an extremely bright guy, but also said it's a little bit more like Nick Sirianni from a personality standpoint. Now, I don't think he's going to be cussing out opposing fans after a win or necessarily crying during the national anthem. But I think he is going to side a little bit more on the outward energy, outward exuberance, maybe the public accountability a little bit more than what you saw with Frank Reich. I still think the question is fair to ask again, how will he delegate? How will he manage the entire operation? Something that Nick Sirianni I think has mastered very well in Philadelphia is they are great situationally and they are uber, uber aggressive. Will those be things that we see from Shane Steichen?
1: Now, one of the things that is the most critical of this, with the Colts, again, announcing within the last 20 minutes or so that they've hired Shane Steichen as their head coach, Um, Mark, that means that you and I are now going to be out. How did we – the draft that we had, Mm -hmm. I had the first overall pick. I took Raheem Morris. Yep. Which one of you drafted second? That was me. And you took – I took uh, Brian Callahan. Okay, and then Kevin, was Shane Steichen your first or second? Yeah, pick? Shane
2: Steichen three, and then who did I go? Did I go Wink Martindale four or something no, like that? No, he took Passaccia next. Passaccia four. Wink Martindale, Bubba Ventrone, Jake took Morris Saturday, Aaron Glenn with the Fever Dream, and Jim Harbaugh as the Dark Horse. And I took Callahan, Evero, uh, Biennemi, and Kafka.
1: So... That means because the wager was what the winner got what six pack of beer from six, the losers yeah six pack from each yeah have you decided Kevin what did did we determine that that we are get, I think we should take PBR off the table since we're going to have a PBR party anyway right we don't want to overload you here smart yeah uh-huh. um, watch my so are a little we bit. are you picking your I, you know, beer or are we getting you what we would like I would like that to be the case i think both of you have some
2: creative uh minds and i would appreciate your uh, whatever you think floats the boat now
1: colt 45 would appear to be appropriate
2: right if you're going to go the 40 route i would appreciate just a bag with it okay well that that comes standard i think yeah is that part of it it
1: needs to be a six pack though right
2: you know i'd prefer 12 beers because okay. usually by Friday it's gets about
1: 6 beers by Sunday. Well, like a 6
2: pack of like the mini like Gold or something like you. that. How
1: about Little Kings? They still make Little Kings.
2: 6 pack of 4 Loco. Get your heart racing
1: a little bit. <laughs>
2: Boy, I was going to say I think it'll be you and Jake then moving forward if you give me a 6 pack of 4 Loco. Um I do think Jake outside of do you retain Gus Bradley is Bubba Ventrone still here? What does he do on O-line? Who's the O-line hire? I I'd be stunned if it was Jeff Saturday. I know a lot of people bring that up. Jeff Saturday needs to be the position coach. I don't get that vibe at all from him. But we talked with Ross Tucker earlier. And we'll re-rack that to close things out here. Because I think there's some great Shane Steichen insight from Ross Tucker. Who, again, does um, Eagles TV during the preseason. What did Ross Tucker say to us on if you could have a magic wand, what would Shane Steichen want to bring from Philly? Not Jalen Hurts. Not an elite pass-catching group. But he talked about their offensive line. That is a very stout group. Their O-line coach has been there and is well, well-respected for several seasons. Um, you know, Do you go the assistant O-line coach route there? I think that is an, obviously a critical hire because your veterans regressed last year and you need to continue the development of Bernard Ryman. So to me, Gus Bradley and Bubba Ventrone seem rather like, okay, yeah, that's probably the route you should go on those coordinators. I would argue offensive line, I'm more inter- interested to see who the hire is there than offensive coordinator. Unless your coordinator, I guess,
1: is going to call plays. The coordinator to me is, like, I'm kind of fascinated by that. We it, know, I, I think we can safely say Gus Bradley's your D coordinator.
2: If he calls plays, though, I would say plays more into that than me. I think the O-line coach
1: is huge. It For sure, the way they played last year, you're right. Just so much regression. Yeah, You're not kidding there. On that front. Uh, This quote, again,
2: this is from Frank Reich. States back a couple of years now, but in talking about Shane Steichen, he's a really, really smart, good football coach, a really good mind. He played quarterback in college. I would categorize him as one of the young, bright minds in this league. Very much like Nick Sirianni. I mean, he and Nick are a lot alike. So you guys know what I think of Nick, and I put Shane kind of in that same category. And when Frank took the job here in Indy, Shane Steichen was kind of working his way up the ladder with the Chargers, became Phillip Rivers' position coach, and then eventually the offensive coordinator for Justin Herbert. In the last couple of years, he has been the Eagles' offensive coordinator for Jalen Hurts.
1: Hope springs eternal when it comes to coaching hires, right?
2: It's a great point. This is like the first layer of hope the Colts have had in months. Yeah. This is it. And when you think about the trend around today's NFL, Jake, again, there are questions to have about Shane Steichen, obviously. But look at the final eight teams in the playoffs each of the last two years. Offensive mind, offensive mind. And
1: young guys, typically, right? And
2: young. And considering the revolving door you've had at the most important position in sports, providing that stability. The, the, The biggest pro to this hire is if and when this offense gets good, You're not going to have turnover with the system. The system is always going to be in place for however long this quarterback
1: and Shane Steichen are paired together. You know, Sean McVay kind of, it's a trend-setting league, right? It's a copycat league. Sean McVay, you know, the young, kind of cool, energetic coach, and I know that that was just a year ago, but like all of a sudden, to your point, you look at the youth of the coach. I never thought I'd see it. Like the day of the majority of elite level teams in the NFL, I realized that Andy Reid just won the Super Bowl and has been around a long time. But it's a youth movement at the coaching position. I mean, guys, who is the oldest Colts player on the roster?
0: Hmm.
2: Boy, my guess would be maybe Rodney McLeod at safeties, like 32. 30, well, I assume you mean that Matt Ryan's gone. Well, I mean... that. You know, last year would have been Matt Ryan at 37. Foles and Rodney McLeod, I think, were 32 and 33. But now I think about it, I think Rodney McLeod's a free agent, too. Uh, the Boy, that's a good question. You know who's got to be closest? Probably R- Ryan Kelly.
1: I mean, Matt Ryan was born on May 17th of 1985...
2: Yeah, he's four years older than me. I'm I'm 33.
1: Well, he is. He is six days. He was born six days after Shane Steichen. So how about that? I
2: mean, you got a third youngest coach in the NFL right now, Kevin O'Connell, with the Vikings. Sean McVay with the Rams. He's the third.
4: Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love. Hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
0: When St. Jude opened in 1962, childhood cancer was considered incurable. Since then, St. Jude has helped push the overall survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. St. Jude won't stop until no child dies from cancer. Join me today in supporting St. Jude by calling 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898 to become a partner in hope. Your gift to St. Jude could last a lifetime. Yes. Colts fans will be hoping that they fall in love with Shane Steichen.
2: He is the new head coach of the Annapolis Colts. Pen to paper. Earlier in the 9 o'clock hour press conference coming up at 12.15. You can hear that right here. On the fan, Jimmer saying Chris Ballard will be alongside Shane Steichen. Jake, just putting a cap on it. Your overall thoughts on the hire of Shane Steichen.
1: I thought that... Archie Miller was a home run hire for Indiana. I thought that, you know, other coaches that, are, that I've been bewildered by, by all account, it appears to be a very good hire. He's young. He's a cool-looking guy. He comes innovative, it seems, with offense. Those are all things that the Colts need. I also think that the X's and O's oftentimes are trumped by the Jimmy and Joes, and they got to get him players certainly um you know there are pieces to the pie that don't
2: all just fall on coaching Personnel is definitely a question but you look at the quarterback and the offensive background the variety I think that's such a key with it multiple stops multiple quarterbacks the styles of it the styles of the offenses things look vastly different from stop to stop um, that all is I think a good thing in a league that you just is just pressing towards being more innovative more quarterback friendly. All of that. And, you know, we've certainly talked about this, Jake, for weeks now and months. The AFC has never looked like this. Never looked like this from a quarterback standpoint. All seven of the teams, 27 uh, quarterbacks, uh, all seven playoff teams, the quarterbacks of those playoff teams, age 27 or younger. And now it's time for the Colts to get in that mix, commit to a franchise QB, and provide him the continuity and stability that. Justin Herbert and Jalen Hurts felt. Uh, combine begins when? Two weeks from today, the combine begins. We're hoping to have Shane Steichen with us at some point this week. We'll certainly keep you posted on that but the combine we always have some interesting guests stop by so we'll be down there wednesday thursday friday the first three days of march
1: we expect the raiders group to show up about friday Mm -hmm. 9 30 or so well
2: their times 2
3: a.m 3 a.m you know anybody want a shotgun a beer with us (laughs) what's night what's morning who knows